third hour of the show was up. Aside from my co-host trying to get me fired last second. This day in Rami history. Write this one down. I would never. June 5th. I would never. Iconic. Uh, so uh, Shams tweeted out something today that had the whole world going haywire. Kyrie Irving. This is one of those I had to go. That's really Shams, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Me you too. You to go and check yeah. the profile and the whole thing. Yep. So uh, apparently Kyrie formally called LeBron James. LeBron James! Thank you, Stephen A. And uh, gauged his interest in maybe moving on down to Dallas to play alongside Kyrie and Luca. Here was Shams with more of that report with Kay Adams. Kyrie Irving is an uh, unrestricted free agent this offseason. Um, there's been a lot of rumors about him possibly going to the Lakers and joining LeBron James and Anthony Davis there. Ooh. Sources tell me that Ooh. Kyrie Irving has actually reached out to LeBron James about whether LeBron would come to Dallas. Kyrie Irving is putting on his recruiting cap right now to see if LeBron would make his way to the Mavericks. We don't know if Kyrie is going to resign with the Mavericks quite yet, but LeBron, Kyrie, well, Luca, like just, you know, it's an interesting <laughs> yeah. concept. Kay Adams trying to be Pat McAfee, like the female Pat McAfee, just talking over the guest. Oh, she needs the whole peanut gallery doing it with her, too, though. Yeah. It's a match McAfee level. She's going to start whispering like McAfee does sometimes. What are you doing, Pat? Oh, you hear what he said? Could be gone. Rami, would you be afraid of a LeBron Kyrie super team? Uh,. Little bit, yeah. Like I know, I talked with Whitey about Kyrie and and joining the Lakers, and I think I've talked with you to you about the same thing, Nick. And look, man, Kyrie is um, unreliable, shall we say, in terms of showing up and doing the job of playing basketball yeah. on a consistent basis for a plethora of reasons. Some of those self inflicted, some of those not self inflicted. But the bottom line is. When Kyrie is right and Kyrie is on the court, not too many better than him. And the idea that for 82 games plus the playoffs that Kyrie could mostly stay on track enough to 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 contribute to a championship season is not out of the realm of possibility. Like people get carried away with this this stuff like Kyrie is a vampire in the locker room. You know what I mean? That, there, that there's just no way that you can win with this guy. You remove and a vampire. That, that was he, Russell. He, yeah, was no. he, present, he presents challenges for whatever organization were to bring him in, but he also brings a world of talent with him. And you pair him up with LeBron James and Luka or Anthony Davis, if, as I theorized before, this is just a play for Kyrie to end up in Los Angeles and LeBron using some leverage. It, that's a that's a dangerous combo, man. That is that is a potentially lethal combo. I would not be running for the hills, so to speak, if if Kyrie and LeBron had a reunion, um, which would be the second one short of the Vanderpump Rules reunions. Um, I, I would not be freaking out too much here. Uh, and look, could they could they win? Of course they could win. Of course they could. I mean, LeBron is is great, and Kyrie has proven to be a, a tremendous shot maker and. You know, has done some really impressive things in his NBA career, but I, I wouldn't be too panicked about it. Like these guys haven't played alongside each other in six years. In, in sports terms, that that's like you know, practically a lifetime. Six years. A lot has changed in six years. This is not 
31, 32-year-old LeBron and Kyrie just a few years out of college. This is a completely different set of circumstances. So people are, of course, going to go back to this idea of, oh, well, hey, they won a championship when they were together years ago. Yeah, seven years ago. They did. Great. Seven year a lot of things happened seven years ago that no longer happened today. That's that's how the world works. LeBron's thirty eight years old, man. And getting Kyrie to LA, if that's what this is all about, and, and I tend to agree with you. I think this is, you know, the the coy way of handling the situation and trying to get Kyrie to LA because LeBron and Kyrie know that Rob Palinka and company with the Lakers franchise do not want Kyrie there. Uh, but, you know, if that's the case, LeBron's 38 years old. And Anthony Davis will still have the same questions about his health. And Kyrie would still have the same questions about what goes on away from the floor. And what are you giving up to get, you know, Kyrie? Because, yeah, you can pay him, but you're not, you are not. You got to get rid of salary somehow, some way. Again, this is not easy stuff. You, you can move on from, you know, all the guys you brought in and, but we talked about the idea of super teams being very, very difficult to hold their water, so to speak, with this new CBA. Won't affect this offseason. It's going to start impacting next offseason in a big, big, big way. So I, I just, that's part of it. The other part of it is the team, especially if they go to Dallas, I kid you not, that would be one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. You've got three guys who don't play defense. Yeah. You've got three guys who don't want to play defense. Now, it might not matter, but that also then begs the question offensively, Rami, LeBron, Luka, and Kyrie on the same team. All three guys, all three of those guys are best when they're handling the basketball, when they're creating. That's what they are best at. Now, Kyrie proved that he could play off the ball a little bit, obviously, with the situation that he had. In Brooklyn, but those three guys, a lot of their usage is is shot creators and trying to make a play. And so, could it work? Sure, because Luca and LeBron, they're very unselfish. But that's a lot to ask, and it's a lot to put together in a short amount of time with LeBron being thirty eight. I and it, it, I'm not saying it would work, Nick. It obviously could go wrong. It could go. It could go up in in a, in a blaze of glory. Remember when we were talking about our big swings, our big swing wish list? When oh talking yeah, about for the Kings. How could I forget? And I said Kyrie Irving. You did. And what I said at the time was, when you take big swings, one of two things usually happens: you're down on a knee and looking at the ball back in the catcher's glove, or that thing is going over the fence. You know what I mean? And I think that's any team that brings in a Kyrie Irving is taking that big swing and knowing and knowing damn well it's going to be a big whiff and they're going to be on a knee looking at the ball in the catcher's glove but if it works he 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 and whatever combination of talent you put him with give you a chance to win a championship that that's the reality and when you look at big 2s and big 3s around the league right now Nick how many of them come without questions like some of these whether it's off the court stuff or injury stuff right. or whatever the case might be there are very few duos and big threes around the NBA that don't come with some kind with some cloudiness in terms of their future, how available they'll be to that, you. That level of ego and that level of drama, though, man. I understand. Good, I know. Good luck to the coach. Big swings. Could work. Could work. But again, my question is, am I afraid of it? No, I'm not afraid of it. 
I could admit that it, it could work, certainly, without being afraid of it. I would not be afraid of that that super team. I think they'd have a lot of questions. Well, Nick Cattles fears no man. That's right. Yes. That's right. I mean, just look at me. Why would I fear anybody when you're, you know, built like this? Right. People are afraid of you. I know I am. Are you? I come in here every day hmm. just praying. Simone's not afraid of anything. <laughs> Out of this whole staff, <laughs> Simone would walk up to somebody's grill at any moment <laughs> and give her two cents. <laughs> and probably put the rest of us in a terrible spot by doing She's it. She's told you don't come for her unless she calls for you. She has let you know that. Do not come for me unless I call for you. <laughs> it's true. Do you guys also see what's going on in the YouTube chat? I'm so sorry to distract. No. Um, hold on. You're not sorry. To, why do you and Rami do that? This is if you were crazy. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you were sorry, you wouldn't do it. I'm going to do it really you quickly. You can't say I'm sorry for distracting and then just, but, and just distract. Yeah, when you add that little butt clause, it takes away everything. It's, a, it's oh, okay. 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 It's like um, saying no disrespect. I'm right experiencing disrespect. a high school reunion right now. We just connected with someone who uh, was in the same graduating class as myself. So Really? My mind is kind of shattered back here. Do you remember this person? Yeah. Yeah. I was just clarifying. I was like, a um, fella? did you? Yeah. Is it a fella? A lady? Yeah. Matt, what are we talking about Matt here? in the chat. Shout out Matt. Yep. Shout out. Matthew in the chat. Let's get it right. Matthew. Oh, yeah. He's like a Michael Malone. Yeah. He might be full name Full name. (laughs) Well, we're wildcats around, and I'm out of here. Please grab that drop, Jay. (laughs) He was already doing it. (laughs) I think he's disgusted. Just shakes his head. (laughs) Just, you know. (laughs) It's the world I'm in right now. What can I do? Uh, in 90 seconds, we'll have the latest on Brock Purdy's prognosis. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sport. You hung out with Simone on Friday night? A little bit. How'd that go? Just a little bit. It was good. It was fun. Went and saw some live music. Oh, Joe showed up too. Went and had some drinks. Yeah, random surprise showing by Joe Jarose. Oh, Jarose popped up. Yeah. Yes. By the way, I did not know Jarose had a child. Yes. I don't know oh he was God, a father. So late. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I saw him like he wasn't yelling. Rami oh. truly invested in his coworkers. <laughs> I don't I don't want to mischaracterize <laughs> it. He wasn't <laughs> he wasn't yelling <laughs> at a child, but he was like he was having a uh like a, a like a parental moment. You know what I mean? So you're calling Joe Jarose out for <laughs> and his I was, parenting. I, right I, now. No, I th- I was like, is Joe letting some random like stranger's kid have it right now? <laughs> <laughs> this park, but it was yeah. Because oh, Joe, Joe, Joe really comes across as that guy who's going to be walking around telling other people's kids to get in line. I can't believe you just dragged him like that too. He's probably mortified what do you at mean his death. Can't believe <laughs> it wasn't anything. He's been here for almost a year. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like it was. It was good parenting. It wasn't anything parenting. where I was where I was like, oh my god. But it was like it. It was definitely like the type of talk you would only have with your own child can you reenact <laughs> it like what no it was just like it was, it was stern yeah it was from a distance it looked it looked stern like the kid was horsing <laughs> around and doing something he maybe shouldn't have from been a doing. distance not that far so you weren't yeah, even like close eight, feet, eight ten feet away okay 
And I wasn't saying it to throw Joe under the bus. I was saying it as it was a funny oh, moment sure. where yeah. I was He's like melting at his desk. Where I was like, right is now, this some so. stranger's child? That <laughs> sure, you know, you, you weren't trying to drag Joe. It's not uh, what you do, Rob. Well, well, he did. He did say he puts pineapple on deep dish pizza. So I was about to say I love Joe, but that, I heard his case. I hate you. <laughs> Text line. This is why I look forward to this show every day, every in all caps. This happened after all the uh, Vanderpump Rules talk. Yep. You better believe it. Sorry, Joe. So am I the only one, like, I've only hung out with Simone, like, I think once in a, in like a uh, establishment kind of thing. And it was a little bit more of a really? subdued night. Really? Only one time? I think so. Huh. Or was it twice? No, twice. 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 Yeah. I take that back twice. Um... Am I am I off base saying that I'm a little afraid to hang out with her? Like full blown? Because things might go horribly wrong. I've only had good times. Yeah. Okay. I, I have would, a young I have a young soul. A young I'd heart. Say I've only had good times. Because you're young. <laughs> Ish. You're not sixty five years old. Ish. You're seventy years old. As we just covered, my, my ten year reunion. Oh was God. Thwarted. Jay It's not like I don't feel like I have to like watch after Simone. You know what I mean? I, I can't possibly describe the disgust of Jay's face when she was like my 10-year reunion. I think he threw up. I think he threw up in his mouth and was just like uh, 10 years. Yes. Wow. Ancient. Ancient so old. Times. So old. Simone's just got to you, know, you you, you got to be like I feel very focused in making sure, like, what's the surroundings. Okay. Because at any moment, she can do something wild. Yes. you got to be, like, ready for that. I will say this. We went to the Lizzo concert mm-hmm. and turned around, and Simone and Verlade just <laughs> gone. Oh, Verlade. Verlade is... <laughs> I don't even know. It was my first time getting to do that. I was telling him, I was like, I really want to do it. I've never not said goodbye to anyone before I leave, and I just I did it. I did it. Verlad is a uh, Verlad is another kind of wild child. But I've always had nothing but good times. I know. And now we've been hanging out a lot together. Oh, it's it's just a, a combo. They should just shut. Midtown down when you both are out. <laughs> they've probably... never they've never caused or been the source of <laughs> trouble or strife where I felt like you know that we know of. Well, no, for me, I'm saying for me yeah. personally, yeah. Where, like you yeah, haven't been around for a lot enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> that like time. ruined the night or was a blemish on the night where I was like, oh man. Can you believe Verlade? You know right. I mean? uh, let's get back to sports here for a couple of minutes and talk about uh, Brock Purdy, give you a little bit of an update. And we, we've said we're not going to give you the day-to-day, blow-by-blow, Purdy breakdowns at OTAs and all this stuff. But I have said when we've talked about Brock that I am not a doctor and I, I don't try to read into anything physically because I just have no idea what the hell I would be talking about. But we do have a doctor that uh, talked about Brock over the weekend, Dr. Jess Flynn from the 33rd team, that website. Uh, And here's what she had to say about Purdy's injury and his prognosis. The general return to throwing is at 10 to 12 weeks. And we're right at that time now. We're at week 12 and he was scheduled to start throwing this week. So it sounds like he's sort of on track. Um, Barring any setbacks, the average return to play is about six months. So when he does come back, studies show um, that you should expect a similar um, level of play um, compared to before the injury. So Dr. Flynn, not too concerned. Cool. That's great. That's, that is great to hear from a doctor, Nick. That's that. It's, you know, we hear from coaches. We hear from QB like 
motion, throwing motion. And we know experts. Shanahan and Lynch have gone a little bit too far certain times about their own players and get a little too ahead of their skis, so to speak. Great to hear that from a doctor. I would but say, like, tell me when this dude gets on a field. If you take this information, though, and this is obviously the information that the Niners get. You know, then the quarterback, quote unquote, plan makes a little more sense because you're a little bit more confident that that Brock is going to come back and and be the guy that he was. I still don't think we know his ceiling if he's healthy. The small sample size is is again the small sample size. It's still an unknown. And I will say also, just before we move on, this season could be just absolutely gigantic for the Niners organization. Because if if you walk out of this year not knowing if you got a quarterback, woof. Yep. You've got to find a quarterback, and it's not easy. And I know everybody says, oh, well, you know, we found Jimmy G, and they still got – the whole point is winning the whole damn thing, right? And, you know, if if they walk out from this year going, yeah, you know, maybe we put too much on Purdy, and he's, you know, he's he's not that guy, and – Another lost year for Trey Lance, and we didn't even get to really play Sam, and Sam hasn't been good in his NFL. You'll be starting from scratch, and there's only so many times you could keep doing this at that position. Eventually, it's going to catch up to this team. And Super Bowl windows come and go like that, Nick. They're fleeting, they're precious, they're fragile, and they're gone before you know it. And if you if you have wasted another year in this Super Bowl window – because you wanted to to gamble on quarterbacks that didn't have long track records or have have serious injuries that they're getting over or both, and then a, a third guy who's done nothing but kind of fail at the NFL level. That's that that's people are going to start. People are going to they're not going to have their torches in the streets, but they're going to start being like, "Where's my torch? How do I? <laughs> I need to get this torch yeah. ready." You know what I mean? Need to make sure that we got them in uh, storage. Do we have them in the closet? Where are we going to put them? Just say it. We're almost ready to bust them People out. People are only going to put up with you wasting a Super Bowl window for so long. Like it's not, it's not hyperbolic to say this season could really dictate what happens for the next six or seven years for this franchise. Because if if yeah. you're not the quarterback, you got to find the quarterback, and then that's a whole trickle down effect. What are you paying the quarterback? What'd you give up for the quarterback? Et cetera, et cetera. So this is a uh, really, really big season. I just want to see this guy get on a football field. All right, should the Kings be concerned by age in this year's draft? We'll talk about that. I want to remind you all guests, come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. JJ and you were head nodding at the same time. It was like night at the Roxbury. Uh, we're all vibing right now. Mm. Love me it's some rage. Song. Oh man, it is a fantastic song. Oh, such a good band. They are, they are. Uh, Verlod's been waiting like fifteen years to see them in concert. You know, <laughs> that poor dude had the tickets. Had them multiple times, right? Yes, they yeah. canceled multiple times on him. Poor Vlad and many others. Can I just say this before we get to the Kings and the uh, draft, which, by the way, is three weeks away from this Thursday night. It is, isn't it? Unbeknownst to me, because I do not pay attention to my phone during the show, Mm -hmm. unlike you heathens. (laughs) I I, uh, check it during commercials. I got home on Friday, Mm -hmm. and for the first time I took my phone out of my pocket to 24 group texts between you animals. 
We were having fun. It was a good time. 24 group texts about what? That's nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's nothing. It's like a low number, Nick. I've gone That's to, not bad. I've gone to the group chat with my boys. Yeah, I'm not a group chat Going all the way person, back to like junior high and high school, some of these friends. Um, and I've had well over 100 missed messages after like a couple hours <laughs> away. Things will just get going. You know what I mean? Ball starts rolling. Did you like what you saw? I intentionally did not look at them on Friday night. Okay. Right. Wow. And then I woke up wow. on Saturday, and the number had grown to 31. <laughs> <laughs> Can't so I, stop, won't stop. Did I do That's when that? I chimed in. That's what Saturday mornings when That's I chimed in. That's when JJ, JJ got into yeah. it. So let me see if I could pull up this fantastic, not so fantastic group text. I quite frankly don't even, don't even remember what the hell you were I don't remember what about. it was about. I just remember being amused. So yeah. very memorable conversation. Yeah. Obviously. That that warranted twenty four texts. I uh, didn't say warranted. Verlad okay. Verlad had the uh, had the gif of Dana Carvey as an old man on weekend. Oh, Update that was when I was Saturday yelling about Barry Bonds. He was saying that was me. Yes. Yeah. And then Rami sent a gif of I can live with that, saying I'm okay with being that guy. Then Verlad dragged Rami for his loose granola. Yep. I brought loose granola, which I apologize for, and Verlad <laughs> still dragged me for it. And then Simone asked for a picture of the loose granola, and Verlad responded with a picture of donuts. That was him rubbing it in my face that he brought in a better snack than I did, even yeah. though he wasn't part of Snack Day. And then the snack talk but continued. Then he, and- but then he did admit the fact that I, I picked up a few beers when we all went to the Lizzo concert and made up for my loose granola. Yep. Beverages, yeah. Beers and other beverages, yes. Yeah. You're a good guy. There wasn't Thank there you. wasn't much. And then <laughs> and then Jay woke up on Saturday morning to these texts. There wasn't much. And uh JJ JJ texts y'all a foo. <laughs> I like the I like the accent. Yeah. Y'all y'all a foo. Well you did leave the L off, right? Yes, he did. Okay, yeah. Y'all a foo. Yeah. yeah. Sitting right Important distinction. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> In the chair. The first, the first two or three months I worked with JJ, I thought he was from the South. And then he surprised me. He said he's actually from California. So what? I asked him, I was like, are you from Texas or what is your thing? <laughs> he gave me the same game. I was like, all right, all right. So uh, here's JJ, okay? Three texts. Yes. Y'all a foo. Uh-huh. Ha, ha, ha. Them damn donuts look legit. <laughs> About to have me bounce up and go grab a few. Did you bounce up and go grab a few, Jay? I did not. From Verlod's favorite donut I went down spot. to the kitchen. And then it then it then it shifted. Three minutes after that, Verlod's response was of Man City. <laughs> he was up very, very early, let's just say that. JJ responded, my boy C V, you gotta be knee deep in some of that drank by now. <laughs> Two one win, right? Which led yeah. to uh which led to a gif of uh Stone Cold. Yes. And then it all just kind of quietly Where were you died, at, Nick? Quietly died after that. Yeah, how come you don't participate? Where were you at in that? We're having fun. I'm sitting on my couch. We're, we're having fun. Reading all of it. Are you just looking at it like, okay, just putting the are you disgusted putting the phone down? I will the say kids have their fun. The donuts I was gonna jump in on, but you already beat me to it, JJ. So I, I didn't feel the uh I was not part of the was not part of the loose granola thing because I wasn't here. Um, I wasn't part of the Lizzo thing. I could have been if somebody called and invited me. I was in the city, but I digress. I literally felt so bad about the loose yeah, granola thing. That's right, Simone. Yep. What? Just we, saying. We've talked about this on air before, some tough times, and you, you did know, not 
going through some tough times. Maybe your guy would have loved. You were interested in going. Maybe your, you did not tell me you were interested. Maybe your in boy going. would have been excited to go do something, and get his mind off of things. Just saying. No. Go We've do what? About what it. was this about? Anyway, let's talk about okay. the king. Uh, three weeks from Thursday's draft night. That's right. And uh, we have a Jonathan Wasserman mock that has the Kings drafting Chris Murray. Of course, twin brother of Keegan. Uh, this is what Wasserman wrote. And Wasserman's from Bleacher Report. Kings may have a tough time resisting the urge of pairing the Murray twins. Chris's off-ball scoring, similar and seemingly translatable. And with Sacramento focused on advancing in the playoffs, there could be more incentive to draft a 22-year-old. So first things first about Chris and his fit. Uh, just to give you a little bit of this. Look, Bryant West wrote a whole shebangabang column on the Kings Herald about Chris Murray. 89% of catch and shoot uh, of his shots were guarded. He shot 30% against those guarded catch and shoots, 41% against unguarded, low turnover rate. Uh, questions around me for Chris Murray, defensive versatility and agility, not quite as athletic or fluid as Keegan is. So he's not hmm. not as athletic or fluid as his twin brother. And, uh, of course, the question, much like people had with Keegan, was, you know, he's 22, he's at advanced age. How how much will he develop from, from where he's at right now? The other question I wanted to ask you, though, Rami, does age matter to you in this draft? Do, do you think that the Kings should go out of their way to look for maturity after, you know, last season, 48 wins? You might need somebody to, I mean, not even might. You want somebody to, I think, contribute right away from this pick. Does it matter to you at all? upperclassmen or not no it's not it's not the age it's not how many years in college Nick it's it's how how much I, I do want guys that can contribute now I don't want projects but I that doesn't necessarily hinge on a number when we're talking about guys that are anywhere from 18 to 22 years old those are ages where guys can be and there are guys that are 18 that are just as ready, if not more ready, than guys that are 21 or 22. Right. You know what? Guys, guys are growing and progressing and developing at different speeds, and we're talking about guys in that age range. So I'm not so much hung up on the number next to their name when you talk about the age, but if you're asking me if I want projects right now and guys that are going to come in here and they're going to need some time before they can help, and no, I, I think that it, with every asset that you have – as the Sacramento Kings, now that you're in this position, finishing as the three seed, hoping to go up from there, hoping to go deeper in the playoffs, I don't think there's room here for any sort of learning curve. There's always going to be some learning curve with the yeah. rookie, but I want guys that are as NBA ready as possible. Just draft the best player available. Um, look, you you do have needs. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I can't draft a guy at 24 who could end up developing into – you know, somebody in the backcourt that's better than Kevin Herter. It's not like Kevin Herter's not untouchable. Like, who's untouchable on this team? Not many. No. So you could hit at at shooting guard. You could hit at the wing position. You could even hit at the big position. Just draft somebody who you think can help you. Draft somebody who you think is the most valuable in that spot at that time. Draft somebody who you think fits your system. So, you know, and if, if somebody drops to 24 and you had him as like a top 10 or, you know, 15 guy in the draft and you draft him immediately, if somebody tumbles, as long as he checks out away from the floor, you draft that human being. Because when you're at 24, again, you can't swing and miss. 
these these late first round picks are going to be critical, especially with the new CBA and all the new rules that are going to be coming in. It is absolutely critical for the Kings to hit home runs on these picks when they can. Mm-hmm. And even a solid double. You don't want to swing and miss on these picks. You, you hit a solid double at 24, you feel really good about it. As, and, and that's what Monty is, is, I'm sure, focused on. Is Chris a... I know they're twins, but that doesn't always necessarily... I mean, that doesn't mean that they're like Xerox copies of each other, but am I wrong in assuming that their games would be very similar, if not... They are very similar, yeah. Okay. But Chris is left-handed. Oh. So you have that. Oh. Yes. Could switch jerseys, and then folks would try I believe, to force I Keegan believe, to his right. Well, Keegan's naturally left. He just plays with his right, from what I understand. Huh. I believe that's the case. Some athletes do that. I would do a jersey swap. But I think Keegan's left-handed. And he they just think plays they're covering right. the left-handed guy. They're covering the right-handed it's guy. It's like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is uh, right but plays left. He's, and a lot of people think he should shoot right. Kevin O'Connor's been on that train ever since he was drafted. Ben Simmons is no-handed. Well, not left at or this right. point. Yeah. Not non-handed. Well, the man has hands. It's just... Well, yeah. You see me, is an NBA broadcaster about to return to the league? We've got a rumor for you next. Cattles and- All right, so Mark Stein, NBA insider, has his uh, own sub-stack. And every once in a while, something will pop up that Stein reports. Because I'm not going to pay for Mark Stein's sub-stack, with all due respect. I pay for enough things. Stein Substack is not on top of there that is list. There's so much stuff out there, man. Oh, between streaming things and and, and All sports the subscriptions outlets, and, you know, the athletic and this and that. And I'm an idiot because yeah, I, I don't plus. split any of this. You would figure I'd find friends that would split this, but I'm a moron. So I pay in full for all these things. You're, no, you're not supposed to split this stuff, Nick. No, that would be immoral. Yeah, they need every penny they can get. Well, there you go. I'm just trying to be. A moral human being. Yes. My morality is very high. Intelligence, not so much. Morality, pfft, through the roof. And that money is going to go where it belongs, as we see with these writer strikes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, Stein reported recently that the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks all over the place, like the last two days in the news. Mm-hmm. Bunch of leaks. Leaky boat. Uh, the Mavericks are gauging Jeff Van Gundy's interest in coaching Rami. Your thoughts on that? But as an assistant, right? yes, yes, because they're, they're not, not going to fire Jason change. Kidd. No, I don't. Is Jeff Van Gundy going to make more money for the amount of work it takes to be an assistant coach versus what he's doing now? Which is not to say it's not hard work. It's he's prepared and and he's doing the interviews pregame and and everything else. But it's kind of a cush job compared to the obsessive lifestyle of being a coach at the professional level. I can't imagine an assistant coaching gig and the price tag associated with that will be enough to lure Jeff Van Gundy out of the booth. Well, if he's, if he's you know... Unless he's just really got an itch. If he you misses I mean? coaching. Yeah. I mean, that's what he did for most of his adult life. So, I mean, if he, if he misses coaching and wants to get back, he might have to take the cut. Let's also not forget that ESPN are cutting a lot of uh, talent right now. True. Because Disney is hurting, man. Pay cuts are going to be happening, and so does that. Does that factor in? I have no idea. I have no idea if Van Gundy would be one of those people that are on the chopping block, so to speak. I, I'd find it hard to imagine because he's part of their number one team. But as far as financially, he might be looking at a little bit of a haircut. I don't know. As far as how this would impact the Mavericks, I, I don't think this would be a game-changing move. 
Um, you know, the last time he was on an NBA bench was 16 years ago. Mm. He has not coached in the NBA for 16 years. Has it years. been that long, really? Yes. Wow. So how much has changed? It's been that in long 16 since years he was a lot. hanging off Alonzo Mourning's leg in that fight. One of the greatest videos of all time. <laughs> NBA history. So, uh, yeah, so last time on the bench 16 years ago, you know the interesting thing that I would that I would ask is obviously does does his philosophy align with Jason Kidd's philosophy? Uh, how's that relationship? Because if if you're Jason Kidd, this was not a good season for you. And well, he's not playing; he's just watching. Yeah, I'm not playing; I'm watching. I was gonna say it didn't get any better when you came out and said that. So if you know, especially if you bring back Kyrie, if you got Luca and Kyrie, Mark Cuban's gonna want to win. Obviously, especially if they're going to pay those two guys. And, you know, there's also a very delicate time here with Luka. Because if you don't win, it certainly feels like Luka might want to go to a bigger market. And not by size, because Dallas is huge. It's a top five or six market in the country. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about, you know, the sexy markets, the Miamis, the LAs, those kinds of places. It's, It's been talked about. Or just somewhere where he feels like he has a, a better chance to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to think about that, too. This is a pivotal season for Jason Kidd. So maybe Van Gundy would take the gig and say, it doesn't work out. I could slide into the like head we coach. Like saying about Sam Cassell earlier. He could be the interim head coach in waiting. Speaking of Sam Cassell, he goes to the Celtics. This was uh, reported yesterday. Uh, I think this is a, a very smart move by Boston. It's a perfect fit. Number one, they need more bench experience on that coaching staff, and Cassell's been coaching in the NBA for 13, 14 years. So he's been around. The Wizards, Clippers, most recently the Sixers. He hasn't had a head coaching gig, has he? No. Okay. He's been mentioned for like so. the last yeah. five years. Yeah. But he has not been given a shot yet. So you got the bench experience. You know, like the guy's been around long enough. But maybe even more importantly, a couple things about Cassell. He challenges guys, and I think that's needed for Boston. I think they need somebody who challenges them that played in the league. And Joe Mazzulla never played in the league. And I think having somebody who's been a, a player at all tiers, like, you know, Cassell was an all-star, and then he was an end-of-the-bench guy. player, yeah. And then he was, a, you know, a pretty, pretty decent, you know, role player for the Celtics when they won in 08. So he's been at every level. He should be able to understand and communicate with every guy on this team, from the best to the last guy on the bench. And I think that's important. He understands roles. He understands tiers. Uh, According to reports, he was a guy that was pretty much responsible for keeping James Harden somewhat in check and in tune and working with James Harden one-on-one. The one with the beard, James Harden. So so, The one with the beard, James Harden. Uh, So... He has a history of working with stars. He obviously has also worked with Joel Embiid. Again, he was out there with the Clippers, with Doc, with, with that with that big three. So he's been around upper echelon players. He's played with upper echelon players. He knows how to communicate with those guys. And he, he played in Boston. So he knows that he, you know, he's just coming out of Philly. He played in Boston. So he knows that kind of intense market and the media market. So I think he's a great fit. Uh, for what the Celtics are looking for. And, 
you know, Joe Mazzulla is going to lose like four or five coaches this offseason because he may in Houston. And he needs and he needs years, multiple guys and experience on his bench. Yes. Being a 34 year old first time head yes. coach who was thrust into the job with five days notice before the season started and the whole Ime Odoka thing popped up. So he's going to need those years and that experience on his staff and on his bench. Yes. Yes. I and, like it. And there's also a rumor that they're looking at Charles Lee who is a guy who has also been in these conversations and been on a ton of interviews to be a head coach. He's been Milwaukee's lead assistant for the last several years. If they could land Cassell and Lee, that's a huge coup for the Celtics coaching staff. You literally get two of the top assistants in the league to help Joe Missoula. And two guys that, as as we alluded to earlier, if it if it's not working, two guys who have been mentioned in plenty of head coaching gigs, and if you decide to move on from Missoula, they they can slide right up the right up the bench and into that head coaching spot. So we'll see if it works out. But you know, on paper, quote unquote, makes a ton of sense. And as you said, Rami, you know, Cassell, who knows, you know, how much of this plays into it. But you know, when the Celtics were down three zip to Miami, there was a lot of talk that Missoula was going to be out, and so you are in prime position. If they got swept, he might be. He might have been out. Yeah, they it, probably don't have the 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 grace that they do with the the comeback to four seven games. And if you're Cassell, you're in prime position to slide on in to that spot. Yep. And I would imagine you know Cassell's title will be associate head coach or whatever. He'll be the top assistant. So we'll see. But if they get Lee and Cassell, like I said, that's 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 really good work by Brad Solid Stevens. Bench they're putting together to put that staff together. All right, Miami does it again. We'll give you the top story coming up. Cattles and Ronnie. Sacktown Sports.